It's time for Get the Lack Scoop, a podcast bringing you all the people and stuff you should know in the game of lacrosse. We take lack seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join hosts Big Dog and Jaybird and the biggest names in the game. Brought to you by J. McMahon Lacrosse. That's JML, skills, mindset, and lax IQ training. Ron Doglish, the big dog, was a collegiate football and lacrosse player at Brown. He was also an assistant lacrosse coach and the executive director of the Sports Foundation. And Jay McMahon, the Jaybird, a three-time All-American midfielder at Brown. He was a captain of the U.S. Junior National Team and is the founder of JML. And joining us in the studio, Steve Grisalfi, whose collegiate lacrosse career statistics equals one goal against Dartmouth. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. You will find part two of our three-part interview series with legendary players from Johns Hopkins men's lacrosse team, John D. Tommaso and Brad McLam, in progress. If you have not listened to episode number one, I highly recommend doing so. Please enjoy the broadcast. Yeah, so, you know, having, having been a high school coach um, for a number of years, and Brad, the two of us coached together, um, we built a pretty good program uh, at Bethlehem High School in the late 80s, early 90s. We actually um, beat Farmingdale the one year, stopped their 33-game winning streak. Yeah, nice. John, should, John should, he should add that to his resume. Literally, John and I coached together at a school with no youth program that had wow. no reputation lacrosse, and we find ourselves in the county final against Farmingdale and beat them during the regular season. That's two amazing. to one. Was, did I did, remember it was two to one? Beat? I think it was three to two. Oh, <laughs> three to two or something like that. Yeah. But wow. we, so we took, I mean, to his credit, I mean, I helped him, but he took a program that literally came from obscurity to that level. So, I mean, that, that you can, might as well add that to one. Yeah, of the yeah. That's also, amazing. My greatest That's year, it's our greatest year on the cross, Brad. It's got to be one of the years. Agreed. That he Agreed. One of my most fulfilling years ever coaching. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I was a social studies teacher. We ended up, we just started this program that was going to be canceled because they were getting into so many damn fights, apparently, the year before. Uh, we took these group of kids that were pretty hungry to learn how to play. You that's know, great. And, and you guys up, did that together, huh? That's yeah, awesome. We did it together. So it was actually pretty cool. But getting back to that, you know, having been in high school and seeing um, the recruiting process, what it was then, um, then it's, forget it that's like a different world compared to what it even was, you know, five years ago, because five years ago is a different world from what it is now. Yeah. And then having coached, you know, then having my own three kids, I have a boy and two girls, Brendan Broderose and Alish, and they had a different recruiting process themselves. And then I coached a youth team, this group of kids from the third grade until they, and my son was older by that point, but, it was a friend, uh, a couple of friends, kids were on the team. So I took over this program, uh, this team, this uh, called Icons run by Pat McCabe, if you remember. Yeah, Legend, uh, yeah. I know. I play with Pat on the yep. junior USA team. Yep. So no, Pat no. has this program. We, and so I took that group all the way through, me and this guy, Tim Sheen and John Considine, both lacrosse guys. And that those group of kids are now sophomores. In college. And I literally, you know, went through the process with, each mm-hmm. one of them that wanted to play, right? So there's 21, there's probably 25 kids on the team. I think at the time, 18 are playing college across. Wow, like, wow. that's great. 
So having gone, you know, having been through that entire process and then for it to change. Yeah. My daughters, you know, and, and my youngest one, it's something that is very, very difficult to navigate. So now, so, now what would be uh, so, your advice yet yeah, to parents today with the current yes. situation? So our advice is really number one, we, we need kids need to enjoy what they're doing. Okay. Like they can't want to play because dad or mom played and they automatically think they're going to have a love for the game. Right. Like this would be a self-starter basically. That's right. right. Like this, if, if, if your kid, it doesn't matter what they do. If they have some talent or they have some liking or they show some interest, it doesn't matter if it's science or basketball or architecture, whatever it is, and they want to build, but that's got to come first. So if you feel like your child has a, has a natural love and you don't have to beg the kid to go to practice and, and that, that kid wants more, that kid wants to play, then support that like you would anything else. Th right. That's number one, right? I mean, that That's is true. first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Let kids be kids. Get kids out. Get kids active. Let them play. But then see how they progress, right? right? Like, like, how do they feel about it? If they show that genuine love, continue. I would say <laughs> keep a very balanced kid, right? They should play multiple sports. There's no doubt about it. They should have other interests in school, except for the three teams they play on. You know, government, key club, business, DECA, honor society. And then, you know, as they move forward, do they want to play in school? Yes. Now, kids go right to clubs. The club world is what it is. And there are some tremendous clubs out there, right, that do training, grad works, this group called the Rebels, you know, I work for Icon. They train kids. They do it the right way. They grow kids. Kind. They give them confidence. But Brad and I, you know, we started looking at recruiting. And then I, I got the advantage of seeing it at St. John's. Mm -hmm. And the end of that where films were coming in every day. Right. We spent a significant amount of time reading emails and watching films. And it just showed me that there's really this need for like, not money grab, not 10 different sports, you know, no, we know boys lacrosse. We have these connections in the game and we don't promise that you can go to X school, but mm -hmm. we're going to be honest with you and tell you where we think your game is now. Right. And where maybe it's going to go. And we're going to look at the full picture grades and athleticism and involvement in school and um you know that the places that you want to go right and where does where does that fit and we're going to help you along the way this is right. not you know that's like very it's kind of select right we're going to go watch mm -hmm. a kid play a basketball game just to see how they play in basketball we drove okay. out um to eastern long island to watch a kid play indoors uh -huh. Right to get yeah. an idea about right. how we can help them. So that's kind of, you know, how we got into it. I'll let Brad, you know, go forward from there. But we call it yeah. right fit because we do think there's the right fit for every kid.
It's not right. always going to be Harvard or Brown or Hopkins or Virginia or Syracuse. Okay, it's great to have those goals and to want those things. But if you want to play lacrosse in college, whether it's D1, D2, D3, or a huge, you know, growing club lacrosse yeah. at some fabulous universities, it's there for you. We want to be realistic. We want to help you out as much as we can. We want to keep a good balance with grades. You know, you're a student athlete for a reason. Right. And that's what, and that's essentially what we're doing. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Brad, you know what? I, I'm interested in how you were mentioning this earlier. I can't imagine two guys who have better lacrosse credentials, but then it's interesting when you go through it as a parent, right? And you see it from that lens. So I'm wondering what you learned as a dad watching your kids go through this process and that how that's informed how you and John have have built this business yeah. together. I have learned a tremendous amount. And uh, to John's point, we call it right fit for that reason. We're not looking to say you're going to go to one, two or three. What is the right fit for you, your kid, based on where they want to pursue their academic endeavors and where they want to go in the next step of their lives? We all are doing this. We're all passionate about lacrosse. This is why we're in it. We all love the game. So that's really, and, and John, you know, with his educational background, we have what we have an onboarding process, which essentially is an evaluation of them athletically, um, emotionally, uh, academically. We really want to get a feel for the kid. What makes the kid tick? It's like, I know my own kids, right? You know, and kind of, you know them intuitively, um, but we want to do the same for other kids. And sometimes the parents cloud that, we almost want to, we have direct, we want direct trust with the kids. We wanted mm -hmm. to communicate with them. What did they want? Not what the parents want. Because I, as a parent, had to, we had to step away from our kids. At the end of the day, what does Timmy want to do? What is Timmy going to do? So I'll just step back. Three kids, a 2020, a 2023, and a 2024. My daughter is a 2020, is at Franklin and Marshall. F&M, great school. Uh, yeah. She made the right choice. Okay. <laughs> And that's after committing to Stony Brook as a ninth grader. So if you'd want to talk about how this thing has changed. Wow. Early recruiting, she's a 2020. In her year, they had the earliest recruit, Wurzenberger, at eighth grade at Syracuse, who then decommitted to go to North Carolina. Bottom line is, so we're navigating as parents in eighth grade, having meetings with the club coaches. Crazy. Okay, so that's where it started for me as a parent. So Kate commits to Stony Brook. She, it was either Stony Brook, Arizona State. She really wanted to go to Hopkins, but ninth grade, you know, so she chose Stony Brook. And after um, playing, thinking about it, she's a pretty good student. And she was that, you know, after doing this, I really want a, a total college experience. I want to travel abroad. I want to play lacrosse at a competitive level. So we went down the, the, the high academic D3s. Washington Elite, where my brother went, she, that was her first choice. Then it was Gettysburg. Then it was at FNM. And, and now you see the, the commonality here. All these schools, they're very similar. This is what mm -hmm. you want. Right. Yeah. So we got into the, I always call it the bucket of schools, right? If Kate likes FNM, she's probably going to like WNL. She's not going to probably not like Gettysburg. You know, she might like one over the other, but they're all very similar. So she's mm -hmm. there and it's the right fit for her. Academically, she's flourishing. She got a great internship this summer emotionally, culturally, you know, her, her, you know, her, just her maturity and playing, they went to the elite eight last year playing against Tufts. I mean, you get to that level, division three, the girls across, we scrimmaged Bucknell last year, F and M beat them 10, five. It's mm -hmm. like, 
it's good, you know. So the point is, she's in the, she, she found the right place after committing one way, finding out what she didn't want. Okay, so that's where it started right. with me. My other daughter's in 2023, wired differently. She She's like me. She wants to, I just want to play ball. You know, I, I kind of know what I want to do. Kate kind of figured it out academically. She's going to University of Delaware. Mm-hmm. And she was driven. She's a pretty good athlete. But the time that we wasted in emails and prospect camps, and I thought that more was better, uh, more emails, more this, more that. When I realized it didn't even matter what I was doing for six months. And, you know, so I learned a tremendous amount from that experience. And then dealing with the coaches, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother thing. So tell me what narrowed it down a little bit where it was more she got a feel for a place like Delaware. Like you said, the six months she hadn't oh, visited, maybe, or like, or she didn't. Well, really... yeah, no, but I'm saying my point is the time we wasted in soliciting and doing things that didn't really matter. Coaches weren't looking, um, or you, you get the hits on the profile. You don't really what it means. We have mm-hmm. no intel. I have nobody to help us and navigate us. Right. right? You know, what John and I do now for the parents get, I, I get this prospect camp. Should I go? Well, what you're a junior now? Uh, no, it's not. Wait, you're gonna wait. It's a waste of money, you know. Or right. it's not really advantageous at this point. Or I got a hit on my profile. Let, let's do some research. Let me know. John and I can re- find out. Hey, you know, we know a coach. Maybe we can call Scott Moore or somebody that we know that can give us some good intel on a kid and say, you know, honest opinion on a kid. So right. those are things I didn't have those tools. Mm-hmm. So now with my son is 2024. So I vowed myself, I said, you know, this process, I'm going to embrace it. And that is to us, to me, you know, we want to advocate for our kids. So now my son comes along as a 24. Little guy, tough little guy, small. Anybody who saw him say quick, I like him, he's good. You know, probably a D3 player, just not big enough, not, you know, that kind of thing. So we started the process. We were realistic. I said, Tim, we're going to go get wins early. We're going to go to places where... We know the right fit is now. Where are you now? So as a sophomore, right, where are you now in the process? What's realistic, that school that you could play at now? And that's where we started our journey mm-hmm. in some mid-tier D3s, went to prospect camps, got some feedback. You know, hey, you know what? They really like him at this place. Great. We, we got some, he got some confidence. And then his game developed. And where he went in six months, he exponentially improved his game not so physically, yes, but mentally more so. He got confidence. He understood the game. Because he started at the right level for him. And then he did get some feedback on things that were working well and then maybe some things to yeah. work on, that type of yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, we got information from coaches that we trust. Not to say you got to take Timmy. He's a D1 player. What is your honest opinion of him? Mm-hmm. Where do you see right. Brad, could I? Th- I was going to ask you guys this because I, you know, you see so much um, where kids and parents they just don't have a realistic sense of where their kid is. You know, I forget. so That's... so you know, how do you guys? What are the what do you, what do you guys suggest in terms of a really? And again, you got to be willing to hear that feedback, right? But what do you guys tell families about where they can really get that honest feedback about? you know, to use your guys' term, where that right fit is, at least yeah. right now. You know, and that doesn't mean where you're stuck, 
No, exactly. Ron, you're exactly right. Exactly the answer. Look, Jay, Dito's pointing at me. I got got him going. I love him. I got him going. That's the right answer. That's the right answer. But, you know, listen, there are many many people who are going to say, this kid is X in the eighth grade, okay? And that's what's hurt. Many programs now are still paying for what they thought a kid might be in eighth grade. Right. Yes, we can be right on such and such a kid, you don't even have to be a lacrosse person to watch some kid in the ninth grade, that rare kid, and go, that kid's going to be tremendous. Okay, that's a rarity. Those kids are done. That's they, they can That can happen. What, what Brad and I stress to people is this is where we see you right now at this moment. You're a 10th grader. You know, there's a maturation both academically athletically and lacrosse wise that happens you know is part of this thing you know a genetic code i guess if someone has this genetics that's going to allow them to you know be six two by the time six three and they're going to be this force yes but it's more of a maturation of the game and that's what we do we just say this is where we see you now it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean your goals are not valid It doesn't mean you should not, you know, think about your dream school. Well, let's approach this in the right way, right? Because if we don't, there's going to be a hell of a lot of angst down the road. Right. Right. So it's not a, it's not like banging someone over the head with, listen, you know, stop talking about your kid this way. Your kid's a D3 player. No, I mean, it doesn't really, you know, we're not, we would never have those discussions, but at the same time, I think our credibility in the game and with coaches and I feel like our relationships certainly over the years that Brad has built, you know, coaching like crazy in my 33 years in education is such that it's okay to be honest and kind. Like honesty doesn't have to be brutal, right? right? It can be like something that you just, you know, I mean, Brad has the experience you know, with the, with his three kids, my three kids, my son was a high, a very high recruit, and he it came down to he looked at three schools, and that was it. He was going to go to Hopkins, he was going to go to Duke, he was going to go to Princeton. He decided to go to Princeton, right? He applied to one school, it was Princeton, hmm. right? So that's the so he was in that bucket to be recruited. My daughter, she was like my middle, you know, my oldest daughter, she was like the third or second leading scorer in Nassau County playing lacrosse. She wanted to go to a specific school. If she couldn't go to that school, now I'm going to NYU. I want to go to NYU. Great. She went to NYU. My youngest, like Brad, she was a ninth or 10th grader, committed to go to Syracuse. By the time she got it, it was for all county twice. And by the time she got to a senior year, she's like, I want to go to the Tisch School of the Arts at NYU because I want to make films. And that's what she did. (laughs) Right. And that was, that was incredible. It was incredible. Right. You know, to make those decisions, but they were finding that some kids like, I just want to play ball. Right. This is where I want to go to the best place I can play. Right. What they're telling kids is, okay. Like Brad uses, he loves to use the term buckets. Right. And if we stick with that analogy, the better you do academically, the more successful you are academically, the more well-rounded you are academically, as just a student, your bucket grows. 
the better you do at lacrosse, the more you improve, the more you understand the game, your bucket grows. Now, when you have those two buckets that size, then you have opportunity. Right. There's the options. Back in the day, if you were a great lacrosse player, you could get in to some of the schools that today you cannot get into, period. Right. Those days are long gone to lacrosse. Right. As we were coming up, you know, you had ninth grade as a separate school from high school things were a little different and you did not have any of these club games and tournaments and i spent a lot of time in the backyard pretending i was brian wood or del dressel or whoever and um you know i feel like in some sense some of that is lost on kids where they're just doing one game after the next what are your guys thoughts on working on individual skills and if that needs to take an important place in their development and training Yeah, I mean, no doubt about it. Hear the answer to that very important question. You'll need to tune in next week. John and Brad have really become a couple of pros at the college lacrosse prep and recruiting game. We're so excited for them to share with you their wealth of knowledge on this important topic. That will happen next Wednesday when this part of our three-part series, These Two Absolute Lacrosse Legends, airs.